your weekly podcast all about Blue Peter. Now we have a lot of things to discuss this week. So there's no time for jokes. No, Who's stop, your favourite presenter? Oh, um, quick, Con- Connie Huck. Connie, Connie Huck. Huck. Me too. Oh. And Gethin. No, we're here to talk about EastEnders. <laughs> of course it is. My name's Alex. It is, and I am Ben, your host. Some might say. Some. Some might not agree. <laughs> <laughs> and we are discussing episodes from the fifth to the ninth of November, and we had. A multitude of storylines this week. Lots happened. After last week's really slow mm. stories, when it should have been exciting for Halloween, <laughs> it, now we've gone with the complete opposite. We've got it lots is. and lots of different stories. You said it was a bit Kate Oatsy at one point this week. You looked mm. at me and said, oh, this is a bit Kate Oatsy. I know. All, all the characters intertwining. I love it. And they're all popping up. They've yeah. all had their holiday. Everyone got their £50 in their paper <laughs> this week. So we're under strict orders. We've got to get through all these storylines in time quick spot so let's go for it let's do it um we said goodbye to a lovely character of carmel this week at the beginning yes um so she's up to basically leaving the square and uh, as we know last week she told keegan that he had stabbed someone so keegan's in a bit of a panic and a bit jumpy mm. that he feels like he's uh murdered, murdered a young lad in the in the pg mm. and um carmel is off to dubai apparently she's just leaving with one bag. She doesn't need her things. She's having a few things sent over yeah, a few, for her. But not a cat. But not Craig the cat. <laughs> that was her gift to Kush. I and know. She, <laughs> she had lots of gifts to give out this week. Yes. A weird, like, T-shirt she gave to Sharon to give to Dennis. It did make me laugh. When she, um, <laughs> when she gave it to Sharon, she said, and just remember, live dangerously. <laughs> like, okay. Thanks. Do you think Sharon gave it to Dennis or do you think she just went, like, put it in a draw somewhere oh no dennis wouldn't be seen no. dead in t-shirt. especially second hand from sharon absolutely sharon would be like um no i don't know thanks she's, but no she's probably put it in like one of those little bags you get put in the letterbox for like uh bernardo's or nspcc <laughs> yeah. send, off, send off to the uh, charity shop yeah, she's not happy um she gave a gift to kim and patrick as well it bamboozled old patrick didn't it the, i know uh, the thought of a boy playing with a doll yeah so shaquille had a doll he wanted it so why not mm. But Patrick was like, are you sure? I know. He was really against it. And Kim yeah. was quite like, yeah, what are you talking about, Patrick? Yeah. Get with the times, Patrick. Yeah, modern, modern mums, modern granddad. I bet you underneath that hat, he has a doll. <laughs> I bet he has a little Yolandi doll that at night he kisses at night fits <laughs> under his pillow. Not a Claudette doll? No, he's over Claudette. Does he swap? Yeah. <laughs> but he, as soon as he saw Yolandi, remember that when she came back for that oh, short yeah, time? I loved that. Yeah, it was lovely to me. She should come back. Yolandi. What about um, Le Boing from... <laughs> online I forgot about the boy she's disappeared she, has, she's she never quiet. appeared wasn't that meant to be a story that, that I, i'm sure that was meant to be a proper well. story and they just thought no this is just this is although they said this was ridiculous then they thought up the um carmel telling porky pies uh as a bit of a storyline yeah i didn't like this i, mean, I love been... i'm a big fan of carmel mm. but yeah it turns out that because keegan eventually contemplates running away karen kind of says yeah you should run away yeah she's I mean, very good for a mother no considering that she karen was very adamant that um if someone commits a crime that they should stand up for themselves mm. and admit to it so but she was in a panic as much as keegan was yeah. but keegan to his own merit he decided that he shouldn't run away no he does and he goes to the police station and wolford police doing i know again <laughs> britain's best wolford police aren't they she's all she's it's so stupid the way she reacted to his interview. She thought he was wasting police time, I guess. 
Yeah, well, there was no crime or stabbing reported. Mm. Um, but even before he like told her what had happened, she was all like moody with him, the policewoman. She was very, yeah, she was really angry at him, really unnecessarily. Yeah. Like, the, she felt like he was wasting time. So what time, time was it? What day was it? Yeah. Where was it? Not where did you stab him? Where did you do it? In the playground? Was it underarm, yeah. overarm? In the night? Was he dead? Did he bleed? <laughs> it's like, right, weirdo. Mm. It was really odd. This whole thing um ended a bit meh. But also that the police officer should have arrested him for carrying a weapon. Mm. He admitted. Or even looked into it. Well, he admitted he carried a weapon. That's a crime. Mm. But the police officer was like, no, there's some old woman who got who had her pension boots stole from her. <laughs> She's more important. Now go off. Yeah, it's really odd. And this is when um, Carmel was talking to Patrick and Kim and he sort of came storming over saying, are you nutty? Why have you made me think I've murdered a boy when I haven't. I'll kill you. Yes, Carmel admits that she made the story You don't push a woman. That's what Patrick's like. Is it? Yeah. That's a nice accent you got there. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he stood up. He was like, no matter how old I am, you're not pushing through me. So he redeemed himself from the bad doll incident. But also, um, Kim kind of defended Carmel as well. But Carmel was like, no, I want him to have it out with me. But at the same time, Carmel was ultimately trying to teach him a, a lesson that if mm. he, if just to put him in the shoes of Bruno, yeah, Bruno to put him in the situation of how Bruno or how, how, if he's a good person, how he should feel about having stabbed someone. Mm. I mean, Cameron wasn't very pleased with the uh, outcome either. The only ones who seemed to support uh, Carmel's idea was Keanu and Bernie mm. and Carmel. <laughs> yeah. It was quite Carmel. elaborate though. Like the fact that she turned up to his house with like a bloody knife and stuff like last week i mean it's a I bit over the top i don't know we don't know whether he did actually stab him whether it actually had happened and so she just hmm. saw the knife because the boy fell down in like pain so something must have happened well he might have hurt himself but because he's in a gang he possibly didn't go to the you know the police or hmm. to the hospital perhaps it, it might have just been a little you know little cut just a top of the skin or something that could yeah. cause but i suppose the knife did look like it had a full-blown stab i don't know where uh, did Kamel get that from I don't know. I do not know. 99 piece store? Fake blood for Halloween? Well, one of those retractable knives that... Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really she swapped out the knife. She um, con- like, did this whole elaborate plan just to teach Keegan a strange lesson. Yeah, but he a lesson has mm. been taught and Keegan, I guess, yeah. Keegan feels... Although he seems more stressed out now that this has happened. When they, uh, he seems like he's confused by it all. He seems mm. more confused by the situation. But... Karen punches him around the face and tells him that mm. he... That was he, a really good scene, actually, mm. with because um, Ke- Keanu and Bernadette are there, and Keanu's, like, pushing him. Well, Keanu is deliberately winding him up. Yeah. And uh, he's he, being the dad of the house. Yeah, he? and he produced the knife in front of Keanu, and Keanu kind of stepped back, and, Car- and Karen like, talked him, him down. down. Yeah, yeah. talked him down. And, and, then, punched <laughs> and then punched him in the head. Uh, and that's how it goes in Taylor House. That's it. But, well, she, and she, she said to him, if you ever... Uh, you know, put a weapon in front of anyone in your family again, you you be out on your mm. ear. And that'll be the end of it. Yeah, and really Car- good scene. Yeah, and Carmel had taught you a lesson. It's a gift that Carmel's given you, and you, whenever someone gives you a gift, you have to thank them. Mm. And so Carmel gets into the taxi cab. I know black cab exit. Black cab exit, but well, not the right exit though. I mean, she mm. it was it was so nicely done as well. She, she was driving down the road. She asked him to stop on Bridge Street. She She's got her poster. full makeup and hair done now. The first time since like six months ago. We've she, been we've been commenting on this. Well, she didn't have her makeup when the stabbing happened, but she's kind of she's got herself together. She's she got looks, better. She looked um happy and relieved in that cap. Like she yeah. looked like a whole weight has been lifted mm. off her, which goes to show how great um Bonnie Langford is. Because mm. just the way like her, the aura she was giving off just had this 
ah, that's 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 done. Yeah. Um, and that's after Keegan had like apologized to her. And well, said Keegan thank you. just said thank you. He said yeah. thanked Carmel for and it. And that was like the last thing that she needed, I think. But the very last thing she did, or the last thing that hit home, I think, was when she looked at the poster of Shaquille and just said, um, Night, night, darling, sweet dreams. Mm. And I thought that was it. And I genuinely thought that would have been so nice. Then they did the Keegan scene. She got back in the taxi. Mm. End of the Julie's episode. theme slowly building up in the background. That's what should have ended. Give yeah. you goosebumps. Give you goosebumps. Make you feel because to be fair, Carmel's been in the soap four years. Yeah, three, four years. And yeah. she's had a lot of stories, and she's been a she's been a cornerstone. Really, she won best newcomer. She won best newcomer. But she has. She's had such important roles in the in the story. Mm. Even the Wilmot Brown role, she had her yeah her, her, her foot in the door. Yeah, in, in it. her USB stick in the computer. Yes, <laughs> her vital council information <laughs> that was stolen. So yeah, she should have got a Julius theme. But Absolutely, hundred percent. And Haley stole it. I mean, it's not the actress's fault, but um, <laughs> it did make me really angry. They could have, they could have done that. Thing. They could have either changed it. That I think, I think it was a bit of a mistake that they filmed Carmel leaving in the day. Then the camera panned up, went to night, yeah. and then they had to do the Haley scene. It was almost like they didn't realize they were going to put the two scenes mm. together. Yeah, it was um, a shame. So then it just went to like fireworks at night time. Yeah, and then just you see the Moses yeah. basket. Outside the house, um, and the way they did that, it made you think like a few days had passed. Yeah, but then when like the Haley storyline starts, it's well, actually the same day, and it's really. Well, confusing. I suppose a few days had passed because when um, Carmel was leaving, it was the next. It was the day after she mm. after the stabbing. Well, the stabbing happened on Halloween night. That's what I mean. But then Haley left the hospital, didn't she? Oh, that's right. But, like, it's the same so day. So it but took it's her four days day. to get from Wolford General. Yeah, to... and Keanu was still asleep on the chair, wasn't he? It was Keanu... really weird. Well, no, Keanu said it was an o- that was an overnight thing. They mentioned it was an overnight. That, mm. that so it was something the next doesn't day. quite add up though. No, the, the timeline didn't work out. No, <laughs> no. In that on that occasion, the timeline really didn't work mm. out at all. Um, I mean. It was a great exit, but it's just a shame that they didn't give Carmel. Yeah, or... and I wasn't too happy with the fake stabbing thing. I thought it was just a bit weird. It was unnecessary. Yeah, bit o- bit over the top. It's like to I say said, she m- yeah. he murdered. Someone. It's like I said last week. It could have ended better when they did that scene with Denise and Carmel in the pub. Yeah, and they're almost reminiscing and looking back at what had happened. Mm. And it would have been then. It, it could still still end the same way. She could have done said her last goodbyes, seen the bench maybe yeah. in the gardens, and had a bit of a cry. Um, I mean, her last scene with Kush as well. We can't skip over because she says, "I knew about that girl you slept with. I've not told Denise because you were grieving." Mm. So is that is that that is that that? Have we is washed our it? hands of that story? Is that being written out of history now? <laughs> I guess that's the end of it. He was grieving, so it was okay. I mean, unless she'd mentioned it, I think a few people would have just forgotten about it. Yeah, it would have just been, and it would have been a few smart alley. And Kush was just like, "Oh, okay, mm. I've forgiven myself." Yeah, it was just. It, it, I don't. Yeah. I think honestly, I I had remembered that had happened, mm. but until because it ruined Carmel... Kush and Denise for me. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll always be there now. Like if they carry on with their relationship, but um, yeah, I hope something comes of it, or Denise finds out when she's able to forgive Kush or something but oh so you want the I don't want the story to carry on that's it that's me done with that yeah I want there's I want Denise to know about it because the whole if they do stay together there will always be that secret in the background kind of ruins it for me yeah but I don't think it's really affecting Kush very much it's not like (laughs) well it's not he doesn't care it's not the thing it's like he doesn't care it should affect him 
No, because it's it did for like two days. But as, as Car- <laughs> yes, but as Carmel said, it, it was because he was grieving. Mm, so that's no excuse, though. It's not an excuse, but it's a reason. Mm. And I think that he shouldn't feel. I I don't condone affairs, but I don't think he should feel particularly guilty, especially because she was a right. Let's be fair. The woman who she he slept with wasn't exactly white and white herself. <laughs> she was flirting herself. The next morning, she thought she was though, wasn't she? She was really clever. I'm not. She? she said like, "I'm not a one night Sally or something, or uh, yeah, some weird thing." Yeah. But, but um, we haven't seen her since, and she's meant to be doing. Yeah, temple, she might turn up pregnant in a few months. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or, well, she, we she might see have her. Kamel's room. She, yeah, she might still be working in bills, I guess. Mm. So, um, the other half of this story sort of links in to like the Keegan storyline. Um, so we're going to be moving on to them next. But it's, it's not just Keegan; it's Keegan and the kids. Yeah, the kids, <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, the kids are the back. other gang, Jagger's gang. Yeah, it's someone's birthday. It's never really distinguished who. <laughs> it's either Louise's or Hunter's. I think they share a birthday, don't they? Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because Louise and Lisa, well, no, they can't share a birthday. Hmm. No, they're different ages, aren't they? But maybe they have the same. They're day. not twins, or they're not. No, re- no, they're no. not related. No, they I know. Dated. But Lisa, <laughs> Lisa and Mel were best friends, and they grew up together. Well, so they, Hunter and Louise grew up together. They timed their pregnancies to be coincide. Possibly, it's, it's not like the <clears throat> the time of the month, is it? When women who live together no. tend to coincide. But it with must be like a joint because they have a joint birthday, so they must. Yeah, but that, that, Hunter it, must be like a year younger, but born on the same day. Maybe they were born in the same week. <laughs> yeah, same weekend. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, it was both their Lisa birthdays. Lisa didn't turn up for the birthday, though. No, she's busy. She's being mad somewhere. So uh, <laughs> Louise and uh, Hunter, his mums, have organised it for them. Sharon sat in the club having a great time. Yeah. Well, Mel's working. Sharon's got a lot of free time now because um, Keanu's not round every five minutes. Yeah. So she can plan her party. Yeah, well, Keanu's busy as well, sorting out his brother. <laughs> I mean, Keegan sat um, in the kebab shop the chicken shop or whatever you want to call mm, it, McClunkies, whatever. Clunk. I don't know. I can never, I can never pronounce <laughs> it properly. And uh, Jagger makes his uh, ugly appearance back into mm. the uh, soap fray. And uh, he sees that Keegan's a bit down and offers him some drugs, which <laughs> which Tiffany spots. Mm. It's a bit presumptuous of him that Keegan will allow this or accept it or not like have a go at him for doing it. Yeah, well... I'd, Good judge of character. I don't think... I don't think Keegan. I don't think Keegan's ever shown any interest in drugs before. Right. But uh, it's a, it's obviously part of Jagger's plan to mm. get some, you know push drugs onto people, isn't it? This is Jagger's empire, the square, for him to push his uh, yeah. agenda onto. And Tiffany sort of w- witnesses this, and then like the next time we see all the teenagers, they're in the cafe, and Tiff sort of tells Bernie, "Oh no, we're over now, me and Jagger." Yeah, that came out of nowhere as well. Are they over because she saw that he? Would- giving drugs to Keegan, No, she was or? messaging at, in the cafe she messaged him and he had still hadn't replied. Oh, right. So that was it. That was the end of their relationship. His wifey. Um, <laughs> Ex-wifey. <laughs> well, I'm the divorce from my wifey. <laughs> but she said that he's into Louise now. Mm. So uh, Louise is quite a popular character. She is. On the she's square at the moment. Everyone always has fancied Louise, haven't they? Yes. Well, she's six, certainly come out of her show after her experiences a couple of years ago when she didn't want to show her body. No. Because of her burns, which mm. we don't see anymore. Which, well, they're under her clothing. <laughs> she did mention it when she, when Hunter was trying to get her into bed. Oh yeah, she did. Mm. And when um, she Jagger tried to flirt with her, Tiffany meant brought it up. Yeah, that one scene. Oh so yeah, that's right. She, it's still there just to stop it from yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're organising their party. Um, so they they think eight o'clock's better time for a party. But Hunter disagrees. <laughs> he thinks it's half seven. He's told Talisha so. <laughs> Apparently, Talisha is a bit of a um. 
how can I put it politely? Class cycle, this class <laughs> bicycle. She tends to Do you think? hop around from one man to the next quite easily. <laughs> Hunter's interested. Hunter's keen. Hmm. Or is he just saying it just to look cool? I think he's just saying. I it think to Hunter make... only is interested in himself. No, he's just doing it to make Louise jealous, isn't he? Mm. But um, yeah, he wants it at half seven, and because it's his mum's, he's younger. Don't forget as well. Yeah, if it's too late, it'll be past his bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> he's turned into quite like a good boy, hasn't he, Hunter? I think he is trying to. Yeah, What's is it because Ray's influence is like made him be a good boy? Do you think? Cause well, no, because he's, Ray's home. His relationship with Ray is quite tricky, isn't mm. it? Because he doesn't really trust Ray still, even though he's said he does and he <laughs> believes in the lies Ray's been saying. I don't know. He, I think he's turned over a new leaf because he feels a bit lonely. I think he feels as though yeah, because all the kids still gang. don't like him, do they? They said, "Oh, we have to share a birthday with someone we hate and stuff." So. Yes, yes. I mean, um, while this is going on, Tiff's sort of looking at Keegan and Keegan's sort of not really interested and wants to leave. Um, and there was a really fun conversation going on in the background between what Bex and Louise are going to wear to the party. I didn't, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember this <laughs> happening at all. <laughs> Bex says, what are you going to wear? And Louise goes, between the blue blackless one or the silver top thing? Mm. Keeps <laughs> it open, doesn't what it? What about you? Bex says, I'm thinking about the bluey pinky one. <laughs> God. They're so undescriptive. And Louise goes, the floaty one. <laughs> Beck says, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, what could a bluey pinky one even be? Well, it could be? be absolutely anything. It could be a pair of jeans. Bluey pinky. Is that even pinky. a colour that merges? Hmm, I suppose not. Bluey pinky. Bluey <laughs> pinky. Mink. <laughs> Minky. Um, so that was an inane <laughs> conversation I heard in the background while Keegan was trying to leave. And I just thought it was ridiculous. But slash realistic. I guess so, yeah. They were having a nice conversation, <laughs> weren't they? I did, like I say, to be honest with you, the I, silver I lost top in... thingy. Well, Louise did wear the back, backless blue thingy. So not that's the, nice not, to the, know. not the bluey pinky thingy. No, I, I can't remember what Bex wore. Bex wore something black, doesn't she? Oh, did she? Oh, I think did... she wore a little oh. a li- LBD. So she changed her little mind. black dress, yeah, I think <laughs> she was wearing. She didn't wear the bluey pinky. <laughs> <laughs> she wore the blacky longy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an inane conversation before their party. Um, and yeah, their party kind of sucks in the end because they're just all drinking like Ribena. Yeah, premium stuff. Sharon's there watching. <laughs> Sharon's watching with a straw in her mouth. Probably the only one drink, well, the only one knowingly drinking. Yeah, that night. Um, Keegan did bring a flask of whiskey with him. Well, presumably whiskey yeah. with him, and he let everyone have a swig apart from Hunter. Which really upset Hunter. Mm. Hunter wanted to um, join in with the gang, yeah, and he was like, "You have to get that out." They'll they have a they'll lose their license. Yeah. He's a right good boy from. No, I think Mrs. he's doing Mel. it because he was jealous. He was just doing it to spite. Do you them. think not trying to protect his mum? No, he didn't care. He wanted a drink because um, Keegan offers them a drink again, like to put it into their cups. Mm. And Hunter's like looking over, like, and he's like, "Not for you." And <laughs> Hunter's like, "All right then, oh, I'm going to mm. tell my mum." And he's like, "You try it." And then they start having their little scuffle. Yeah, they have a fight. On the, on the world's smallest dance floor, <laughs> it's tiny. I mean, I thought when E20 first opened, mm-hmm. Mel said there was the main bar. So when yeah. you walked in the main bar. Maximum you... capacity of 500. Two, 500. <laughs> so there's the main bar area. Then there's the door that leads to the club area, like the dancing area. And there she said there was another bar. Oh, really? Yeah. So we've oh. never seen that second bar. As you said, capacity was a ridiculous number <laughs> for what she said. So... Why do we only see this one bar area, Budget. which also, I know, but every <laughs> every week 
is rearranged as well mm. to, for its means. The only time it looked half realistic is when Martin had his um, school reunion because there was like smoky and it was smoky and all the lights were down people, and yeah. there was lots of lights and it actually felt like there was an atmosphere in there. Well, maybe Mel should have got Ruby slipper pr- promotions to do this party for them. Yeah, well... she could have done the party and it would have been banging. <laughs> Ruby, <laughs> Ruby slipper promotions on hiatus. <laughs> I think she's um I think she's closed her Facebook page as well. Oh no. I mean, she's getting too many messages from people. <laughs> it's like inane messages like <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. Slut. <laughs> but yeah, that's really it for the teen well, there's a bit more of the teenagers, but it sort of merges into another storyline. Yes, it it's Ray it gets and his, Louise. Uh, yes. But that's um, that's that's another storyline altogether. Yeah. Save everyone. This is what I mean. This week has been a real hodgepodge of like everyone's mm. kind of mixed. Especially in Tuesday's episode. Like mm. every single cast member was in it, apart from Jean, who's I think is away on holiday. Yeah, I missed Jean well, this the actress. week. I, yeah, I missed her this mm. week. Anyway, should we do our feature and then yes. we can talk a bit about Ray, Mel, and uh, Louise after mm. that, perhaps? Get some vitamin D. C. I don't know what's in fruit. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Because it's Wolford. History oh. lesson. Yes, it's that time for the feature again, where we delve into another history lesson of our favourite borough of London, finding out about the past residents, locations or stories of interest with another helping of a brief history in Wolford. Fast becoming one of my favourite sections, Mm. I must say. I do enjoy doing the research for this every week. Everyone loves it. Quoted, I love learning about the law. Yes. That's a quote from a fan. So So, Thank you, fan. As always, we'd just like to uh, give you a gentle reminder that if you're stuck for a Christmas present this festive season and want something a bit more interesting than a pair of socks or a soap on the rope, then why not visit shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash EastEnders Weekly Podcast to visit our merch store where you will find an exclusive design drawn for us of the Queen Vic bust on clothing, bags, pillows and lots more. So do check out shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash EastEnders Weekly Podcast and it will ultimately help us continue to make this show so there we go so on the feature this week we will be heading to a market stall which has been in the bill and fowler family and kept an eye on by the legend shrimpy for over 100 years (laughs) for free for free of course it had a few stories related to its lineage and we will be looking at them and that is of course (laughs) not that obvious actually it's the market fruit and veg store Mm. Yeah. It's been there through the ages. It has through the Blitz. Yeah, it stood up. Not f- it, it survived. It has, it really has. Well, it's only this little wagon, isn't it, that seems to <laughs> <laughs> seems to hold up. It's been through a bus crash. Mm-hmm. Supported multiple families yes. with its income. It, which is genuinely amazing how good the income seems <laughs> to be. So, but we, so we're going to go through uh, who's looked after it and also some stories that have been quite related mm. to it in, in one way or another. As if the, the cart, the fruit and veg cart, is, is, is its own person its own entity that's right little lights (laughs) that it has so do we start off in the war let's start off in the war and who looked after it who who looked after it during the war well it's a lovely albert bill who um is the original owner we we presume not sure if his dad had a market stall maybe perhaps we don't go far back far back but yeah it was um albert bill who was pete and pauline's dad and obviously his wife, Lou Bill, who we know as the matriarch, um, he was the one who was looking after it until he got sent away in the war. 
Yes, and then Lou took over the responsibilities of looking after she the did. stall, which uh, apparently she did quite successfully because it carried on after he came back after the war too. Mm. Yeah, she kept it all going for them. Peter um, would help quite often when he was a young lad on the bit on this stall. Um, we know that from Peter's character, he is quite the entrepreneur, and he's a bit he's a like his son Ian is a bit of a chip off the old block because mm. he's always thinking about enterprise and you know, ultimately making money. So Peter obviously saw a, a way of having that with looking after the market store with his father. And so it would make some sense that after his father died, Pete would end up inheriting the store. But he wasn't the first choice, was he? I know. That was strange because um found out that it was handed through to once Albert died, I think it was one of Lou's and Albert's son, old elder son, which was um first in line. Yes. Ronnie. That's a London name, isn't it? It is. Old Ronnie. Old Ronnie. He was looking after it. He was, but he had a heart condition, so couldn't <laughs> couldn't keep up with the <laughs> extreme conditions <laughs> of running a fruit and veg stool. Going from so one that's, end of the um, stool that's to how that. it ended up in Pete's arms. Yes, and Pete, Pete took it over, and happy he was too. Um, and this kind of leads us to then the era where EastEnders began in 1985, where you were first introduced to Peter, and then his wife, Kathy, Bill, who were both running hardest um, working women in the in the square. Absolutely, well, jobs although, everywhere. Although she's having a bit of a rest at the moment, isn't she? Because <laughs> she's uh, she's not very keen on her best friend at the moment. No, but uh, this again, we, we always end up doing this. We end up talking about the classic episodes and not the. <laughs> but uh, Kathy and Peter look after the stall, and subsequently it ends up being quite a money spinner, really, because Peter is seen by everyone on the square as being one of the wealthier. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like since he, they're like more upper class. Well, not upper class, but they're a bit more wealthier and have an easier life because of the amount of money this stool brings in. Yeah, it, it it seems to be, and the way Peter thinks and votes also is is an indication of how you know he's he's more of a, a Tory, a conservative. I know, I'm shocked that he is. Mm, well, the rest of his family are more labour, yeah. more working class, um, and so, and I think this this market stall has made him because he's always buying people things as well, and he always likes to push his money about and he does mm. it in a charming way like oh no no mate i'll get that for you i'll get that for you but <laughs> really he is he's almost t- telling everyone like i'm very successful from mm. um, inheriting this market stall so peter is you know doing all right making a bit of money from the market stall but then a few things should happen along the road uh, for peter and kathy's relationship uh, ultimately kathy gets raped by wilmot brown um, peter can't handle it starts an alcoholism problem they split up and uh, as as their relationship breaks down, uh, a rival fruit and veg stall should appear <laughs> on the Bridge Street Market, run by Laurie Bates. Oh my God! Yes, and to make things work, to make matters worse, Laurie Bates and Kathy start to date. So you she can imagine type. she does. She does <laughs> fruit and veg stall stalls. Does it for her? <laughs> well, if that's you think, why she likes Masood. I was about to say Masood used to have a market stall. Yeah. Used to sell curry. It just does it for her, doesn't it? it does. It's being out in the cold. <laughs> With the gloves on, with the fingerless gloves. So, um, yeah, so this, this makes Peter quite angry. And he he tries to retaliate by dating another woman himself called Barbara. Um, but she doesn't like his lifestyle and the way he is. She feels like she's being a bit used, which is quite, quite rightly so. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I wouldn't like to date Pete, to be fair to her. What's wrong with Pete? Don't like him. No? What's what's about him? Chauvinistic. <laughs> he's very chauvinistic. And arrogant. But he knows what direction he wants things, or at least until that point. You know, he's very confident. And he wears stupid hats. He does wear stupid hats. He's, he's very <laughs> confident and he knows exactly what he wants from his life. Yeah. He's um, a family man, isn't he? He's a family man. He's got that from the bills. He inherited that, I guess, didn't he? 
Yeah, but family also, value. Also, he's strong-willed. He, he's certainly inherited that yeah. on the bill side. But again, Peter is market store is obviously the most more successful one, and uh, the uh, rival outs and leaves. But at this point, Peter is also left. It's being yeah, run by his nephew Mark. Um, who takes over the stool. And ultimately, obviously, as you said, uh, Peter leaves this earth um, <laughs> off screen. Good. But we won't discuss why that happened on no. the show. To suffice to say that he uh, left on quite bad terms with the BBC. <laughs> like most people got killed off suddenly. Yes. Um, part of the thing. But yeah, this is when Mark, obviously, he comes back recast and he's like a new man, isn't he? Yes. So he returns and there's a few stories with Mark Fowler where you discover that he's contracted HIV and it's a bit of a secret uh, in the square um, until it gets to the ears of one Peggy Mitchell. Mm. Um, And this is where the market store again comes into the story because one day Mark is selling a few fruit and veg as he always does on his stool. Well, you'd and, hope so. Well, yes. And <laughs> David Wicks comes over and buys an apple from him. And Peggy warns him not to eat that apple because Mark Fowler's uh, got AIDS. So she's wrongly progressing the illness mm. that he Peggy has. Peggy had a real problem with it, didn't she? A huge problem um, with it. Which was like a really good storyline at the time. Mm. Uh, the actress Barbara Windsor hated it, though, didn't she? Because she's got yeah. such a huge gay following. Mm. And obviously... And they uh, all turned on her. They all turned her on character. her because her character... Basically, was so hateful, and nasty toward Mark for having uh, this this, uh, this mm. illness. Yeah, because everyone like it wasn't well known back then, so everyone thought, oh, if he touches it and then I touch it, I might catch it, and that's what she was going around saying because yeah. he's handling fruit and veg, and also wrongly diagnosing him for having AIDS because it's not AIDS; mm. it's just HIV. So yeah, the rumors start spreading around, and Peggy doesn't hide the fact that she knows this information and doesn't you know step back from a confrontation with Mark and Pauline. Uh, this is in the Vic. And this worries Mark that he thinks that he's going to end up being ruined and that people will uh, not start buying for fruit and veg. And he was right to worry because there was a boycott at this point. Oh, God. Yeah. People started uh, stop buying his fruit and veg. There's been a lot of boycotts on the square, like people not going to the Vic or not mm. going somewhere. Did this last very long? Was it a proper boycott? It was quite a big boycott. There was graffiti <laughs> also po- painted on the wall outside the fowler's uh oh, right. the fowler's house um so opposite the fruit and vegetable mm. stands um and it just said aid scum so you know people as you said it was it was a huge even in the, this was the mid 90s mm. so the epidemic was obviously began in the 80s and in the 90s people still had this misunderstanding of exactly what being hiv was and uh it was you know it's really good subject to tackle that mm. as you said just earlier that people thought that by buying just by him breathing yeah, around this fruit and veg yeah. yeah people are going to contract this illness off of him mm. yeah so mark leaves on his motorcycle and then it is given to pauline's son martin fowler now martin looks after it for a little while and it would make sense that martin especially after michelle don't want it then Michelle's she's in America off. now. She's done doing her own thing in America. <laughs> she don't care. And also, you know, his brother Mark um, had left and he died of lithoma related to being HIV. Mm. Um, and so it would make perfect sense that Martin was going to inherit the fruit and vegetable um, 
and be the next down the line to look after it. But this wasn't to be because Martin decided to start a relationship or rekindle his relationship with someone who Pauline wasn't a huge <laughs> fan of at the time. I know, she hated her, Sonia. Mm. She like, took everything away from Martin if he was going to be with her, didn't she? Well, this is what happened. But it, it was, to be fair, there's two sides to every story. And Sonia and Martin, they were restarting their relationship, but it was rekindled by their anger toward Pauline for trying to uh, visit their daughter, who at the time was called Chloe, but obviously, as we now know, is Rebecca. Bex. Bex. And it was against their wishes. They asked Pauline not to visit her and Pauline ignored them and carried on visiting her. And by this link that they were both outraged that Pauline should go behind their back, they then restart their relationship, which doesn't make Pauline a very happy woman no, at all. she doesn't like it. So Pauline um, had died, obviously, by presumably by Sonia's hit round the head. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember where Pauline had died and when Pauline died? Yes, Christmas. I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Or was it New Year's? No, it was Christmas Day. It was Day. snowing. Yeah, it was Christmas Day. It and, snows, um, always snows on the square at Christmas. Yeah. Nowhere else in the It was in the, the square gardens right near <laughs> Arthur's Bench. That's right. Yeah. So she died next to... A brain to... hemorrhage. That's right, next to Which Arthur's is bench. also what Arthur died of, so... Mm. And also from a whack around the head. Mm. But not by the same person. Not as quickly. No. <laughs> but she went off for a bit of a walk. And so Ian inherited the fruit and vegetable. As we've discussed before, so Ian looks after or owns the fruit and vegetable. Mm. And it was like part of her will. Like if Martin is with Sonia, he doesn't mm. get the house and he doesn't get the stool. Yes. Which is why Ian now owns the house. Yeah, he lives the in the house too. House. So yeah, that's interesting how that's all worked its way around. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not Ian's house, so I'm surprised Martin's never really contested I it. I know. It's strange, thought he might it? have, seeing yeah. as he's got like 12 mm. children still alive. Yeah, and it's 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 mad that um he's, like, even the fruit and vegetable, he works for Ian. You think Ian would be a bit like, oh, okay, mm. you can have the stall back, at, yeah. at the very least. Yeah, Ian owns it, but he never really works on it, does he? He's above that. He never works on it. No. When, whenever Martin's unable to work, he always gets his mum to go on it. He's like, oh, mum, can you do that today? <laughs> when Kathy was first back, we used to laugh and say, as you say, Kathy, the hardest working woman on the square. Mm. She used to be in the fish and chip shop in the evening, the uh, fruit and veg store at lunchtime mm. and the cafe in the morning. So because Martin left as well. And then obviously that's when Peter must have taken over. Peter Bill. Yeah. Pe Junior. <laughs> yes, Peter Bill Junior. So when Martin left, Peter then took it back over. And this is linked to uh, another story or the last storyline which is kind of uh, related to the fruit and veg store directly um, and that is that in 2015 there was a art imitating life kind of storyline where EastEnders were doing a nude calendar in order to uh, to raise money for children in need charity in the UK. Mm, I remember. Yes it was all Pam's idea and uh, a lot, and she was surprised by how many people were on board for doing it. So, th some of the photos was a uh, cushion dot in the laundrette. Mm -hmm. There was Sonia stood with her boobs hanging out in the cafe, <laughs> um, and Pam and Big Mo were in the flower stall with the flowers oh conveniently Big placed. Mo. Yeah, Big Mo, flowers oh, conveniently placed. There. I mean, we'll post these on Twitter uh, if we uh, can over Pete the, Bill's over the week. There. Topless. Well, Pete like Bill. Always. Well, this is the surprising thing. So, Pete Bill, who is, as we say, running the uh, the fruit and vegetable at this point, is topless. But he's topless in his dad's fish and chip shop. So, who do you can you remember who was stood in front of the fruit and vegetable for the nudie calendar? Not Kush, is it? No. No, Kush was in the laundry. Oh gosh. L not Lucy. Ian. I don't know. Who would it be? Well, it wasn't any of the bills. Oh. 
That's silly. Shrimpy. Um, it was no <laughs> with a hat covering. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if Shrimpy stood in front of his hat stall. Oh, they should next do year. that next year. Maybe next time. No, um, it was the market manager, Alex. Oh. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, Alex? yeah, yeah, I do. He dated Roxy. Roxy. And uh, they were basically the king and queen of the market, you see. <laughs> so they were stood in front of the fruit and vegetable and he was holding a scepter and she was had like a white gown on. So it looked like a cloak then. And uh, yeah, so they took the honour of having the the entity that is the fruit and vegetable behind them How while rude. they had the photograph. I know, I must admit. I was a bit surprised Peter by that. He should have been there with a pumpkin covering him. <laughs> well, that's what Kush did when he was promoting the calendar. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That picture? was his first scene. Was it really? Kush's first scene. He was naked, yeah. In the market with the pumpkin. Yeah, walking him. up and down the thing. It was pretty much like his first week or first day. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember. I <laughs> don't know why that. I remember that. <laughs> I think we all know why you remember that. So, yeah. I always f- wanted to do a little shout out to um, the fruit and vegetable u- un- unofficial uniform. Which all of the men seem to wear the same like sheepskin coats. Yes, they do. It's a bit strange, isn't yeah. it? It's, so it's... Martin still wears it to this day. He does with his. Uh, is it like a lipstick or pink bum money... bag thing? Yeah, yeah, money bag that he's had made for him yeah. by Jean. Jean made him that. <laughs> I mean, that's an entity in itself. We should talk about the uh, money belt. Whose hips the money belt has been on? So many hips. Yeah, <laughs> whose hips are these? <laughs> That'd be a nice game to play. Yeah, it's funny. Like all of the. The men have, like, the same type of jump jacket. Mm. I mean, it is cold, you must admit. In the winter, it must be hell to stand outside for eight hours while mm. you're selling fruit and veg to the passerbys of uh, Bridge Street. I mean, if um, Peter Bill comes back into the show, is he going to demand to work on the, the stool and he's going to kick Martin off? No, Will Ian do that? No, because Peter left, didn't he? A bit bored of living and having the life of... Yeah, but if he comes on. back soon... There'll be, a, there'll be an argument where Ian kicks Martin off and he loses his job. Can't support Stacey. Pete Bill's there rolling in the money yeah. from all the <laughs> income. <laughs> the ghost of Pete Story. Peter Bill. No, um, Peter Bill Jr., I meant. Oh, okay. He'd come back. Mm. I'm not sure he'd want to because he's younger, isn't he? I mean, Martin, when he was first when he was first picking up the fruit and veg store, he didn't want to do it. No. When they're younger, they don't really want... Because they feel tied down, don't mm. they, by having to work on the... Lucy Bill's always too good for it. Well, she had her own businesses. She started her own letting business, didn't she? <laughs> Ultimately, her, de- her death. It was. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. So yeah, uh, quite a... If you, th- if you think about it, the market store, a lot of things have happened around it. It's not... Mm. It's, it's always know, been there, hasn't it? It's always From been episode there. one right up to now, it's always there. Yeah, there's uh, that and Winston's record shop... <laughs> Which uh, and Tracy's flower stool, but Tracy doesn't run it anymore. Though, does no, she? not anymore. But it's no. still there. Do you think she still owns it? Maybe that's why she gets all that. Oh, maybe. But we know that she comes all the way from like the other side of London <laughs> to come live work there. Well, yeah, you have to get off on all the gossip, don't you? <laughs> yeah, she sits true. there listening in. <laughs> but yes, it's so been there forever. Yeah, so so, so a nice little uh, landmark of the square. And yeah, if you have any good memories of the fruit and veg store that we may not have mentioned, what's your favourite fruit? What is your favourite fruit and veg? Let us know. Pumpkins are limited. <laughs> you can make it seasonal as well. So um, you might like a date over Christmas mm. or an orange over Advent. <laughs> or a pineapple in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, tweet us at EastEnders Week. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at EastEnders Weekly Podcast or email us EastEndersWeekly at gmail.com. And that was another brief history in Woolford.
There we go. That's a nice look back. Mm. Vitamin okay. vitamin D or C, then? <laughs> what vitamin D do you want? C. I, I'm quite partial with vitamin A. <laughs> or B12. But I got an A plus in my history lesson. A vitamin A plus. <laughs> capsule and we're talking nonsense so we, <laughs> so, so we are we have mel and ray's relationship back into the swing of things because they're going to be the big storyline for the new year yeah the leaked photos have leaked exciting yes fantastic it's the wedding and um halfway still wearing his bubble hat but i'll talk about that in the new year but it's irritating me Oh, is these the photos? Not this week. You're talking about the photos. I'm talking about New Year's. <laughs> oh, right. You're, God, you're jumping ahead. It's not even I know, Christmas. but why would you wear a bubble hat to a wedding? But that's fine. Next. Let's carry on to this week. So Mel <laughs> is organising her wedding ring and she's wanting to know how much she's worth. Yes. She wants to keep the band but have a new diamond popped mm. in. And the guy, the salesman, is really r- encouraging her to like pay lots and lots of money. Mm. But Ray's not so tempted to do that. But eventually he reveals that she's worthless. No, 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 not that she's worthless. Priceless. She's priceless. <laughs> no, to me, she's worthless. But to Ray, she's priceless. Yes. And um, she seems to know a lot about diamonds. I loved her oh, acting. Oh, she knows nothing about I love diamonds. her acting of her looking into the um, magnifying <laughs> the glass. The little monocle thing. Yeah. <laughs> when he said, oh, priceless, and both of their eyes lit up, and she started looking into the diamond. So um, she's planning... I'm not sure. She's just trying to get as much money from him. I'm presuming she... she's just trying to get as many um, things assets, to sell, yeah. things that she can take from Ray to then. But um, Ray has been insistent that he's not got a lot of money, but then he accidentally let leak yeah. by leaving his bank statement in mm. the cash point machine. Yes. Uh, how much he's actually worth. I mean, I would dream to have a bank account with one hundred and forty-two and a half thousand pounds. And that's just one of his bank accounts. Well, how many does he have? That's true. Under his other names. Yes, because Ray's just one of his um, yeah. egos. Yeah, loads of ices with different names. Do you think? But, <laughs> but and, Busybody Honey was annoying. Well, Honey was the one who pointed out to Mel that he <laughs> left his receipt there. Mm. And then later told Ray that he left his receipt in the machine and Mel had picked it up. Yeah. It's like, like <laughs> why did she do that? There was I no know. point. It was really stupid. It's like, you wouldn't ever do that. Mm. No matter how close of a community and family everyone is. Family. You wouldn't remember that, like, a bank statement like that. Does no one else use the ATM machine well, in the middle? Plus, I wouldn't point it out to I him. know, it's a really weird thing to, like, say to someone. Because it wouldn't make sense that if Mel and Ray were getting married, they should know, or in Honey's eyes, they should know how much money mm. they have in each other's accounts anyway. Or have a joint account. She, oh, as far as um, Honey's concerned, that could be their joint account. It's really weird that she purposely went out of her way like into the street to tell him as well she's bored isn't she she hasn't seen the dentist for a while yeah. billy's probably at home feeling sad for herself <laughs> so she's got no one <laughs> no, to bully i don't want to work billy yeah i forgot about him and his tooth that wasn't there this week well his tooth mm. it wasn't there last week either <laughs> he lost it in the wall oh that was something else um <laughs> so yeah mel is doing some sort of plan trying to get the most expensive diamond but she makes a phone call to the diamond man yes and asks him to cut the same or have the di- have have glass cut in the same style as the diamond mm. so she has like a fake glass fake diamond one. in her ring so, so she's she gonna do well i guess she's gonna keep it well the real one and just use the fake one for the wedding yeah well and then if, because if he wants the ring back she can just say oh, okay here you go but then have knowingly know she's got the crystal mm. diamond on her possession. I mean, she knows now that Ray has a lot of money and Ray tries to... Cover up his lies, kind of. Yeah, he tries to explain it away by saying that uh, the reason he was saving up this money and not telling Mel was because he was going to buy 20 <laughs> from Sharon. Mm-hmm. And he set up his lie by going to Sharon first and uh, saying, oh, how much would you want to sell it to me? And then, don't tell Mel, wink, wink, mm. nudge, nudge. And he like, kind of flirted with her. 
Yeah. Like, in a weird way. But he was, she wasn't having any of it. No, but he was doing it to set up the lie. Yeah. And so then if Mel did go to Sharon and say, eh, did, did he ask you to buy 20? <laughs> what voice is that? <laughs> You're on Coronation Street, are you? Yeah. All right, love. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Give us one of those hot pots. Um, Sharon doesn't talk like that, how dare you? That was Mel. Oh. <laughs> Sharon talks like this. Hey, yeah. Uh, she talks with it's her eyes. She does talk with her eyes. She dials mobile phones with her eyes. Do you notice when she dials a mobile phone, her eyes dart around the numbers? <laughs> like she lasers. Did, yeah. She has one of those recognitions where the eyes they are recognised by the phone, so the numbers light up every time she looks at them. Swipes her hair away and then puts it to her ear. I mean, Sharon can't sell E20 because it's her only income. She doesn't do anything. Well, yeah, and it's also not hers to sell. I thought Phil owned it. She was just setting it up for no, Phil. No, she owns it, doesn't she? Oh, does she? Uh, no, Phil sure. owns yeah, it. Yeah, because he always goes into the safe, doesn't he? And takes money. He's always taking money. And also, <laughs> he got really mumpy because it was when, his, when he was last away for a long period of time. Sharon was bored at home doing nothing, twiddling her thumbs. She mm. needed a storyline. Mel came back, so she decided to start up oh, yeah. E20. It's very confusing. So it's not hers to sell. No. Unless she's going to sell it under Phil's nose, which we well. know she's done before. <laughs> it could happen. Mm. And um, Ray's grotty continued with another Mitchell yes so Louise has run out because Keegan and Hunter have been fighting ruin the party <laughs> the epic party my party my orange juice and pineapple juice party I'm wearing my best pinky blue dress <laughs> no she's got the blue backless oh, sorry the pinky blue backless? is backless I'm surprised she's wearing backless she's not burnt on the back she's burnt yeah. on her chest no she fell backwards onto yeah, the candles she fell backwards but it burnt her chest <laughs> God do you not remember how ridiculous no. it was Oh, <laughs> continuity. I want to rewatch that prom episode, actually. I wouldn't mind watching that again. <laughs> just so I can see when the... I love the bit when the crowd te- you know, like go into a natural corridor. In slow motion as yeah, well. Yeah, like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and you see the flames in Bex's eyes in like slow motion because <laughs> of the trailer. Like she's falling into hell. <laughs> oh. I might rewatch that in a minute. Okay, well, let's finish <laughs> the show first. <laughs> <laughs> I want to think about Alex and Madison again. I, I, I hope they come back. Mm. Bring back Madison and I Alex. have a theory Talk about classic EastEnders. Although we're not okay, that's not classic. That's <laughs> no, classic. wait. Okay, so My theory is Cassie Carpenter is Madison's mum. He hit me. <laughs> that's my impression. That's like Madison's mum and they're going to all come back. Because well, so Cassie's now been uh, bullying, hasn't she? Yeah. This is classic EastEnders <laughs> again. We need like an alarm on the show when we start talking about the old episodes. I love Cassie Carpenter. But She's he hit favorite. me. <laughs> I could do two impressions. My whole life has been building up to watching Classic Extended, so I can do my two impressions of I need the money and he hit me. <laughs> yeah, that's my theory on Madison and not Madison. Um, Alex. Alex and Cassie. Cassie's her mum. Who that's do you think is Alex's mum? Must be someone who um, Cassie knew. Annie. Baby Annie. <gasps> no. <laughs> She'd be, she'd be going to school at like 35 years old. <laughs> no. She, she never left 10th year. <laughs> Baby Annie's daughter is Madison. Okay. And Punk marries her grandma. Oh, so Baby Abby, Baby Abby would have had her young then, wouldn't she? Yeah, she's like 30 now. Baby Annie, sorry. I always yeah. say Baby Annie. Baby but anyway, Annie. I can't remember where we were. So, um, Oh yeah, Louise is being groomed. Louise possibly. is being groomed. <laughs> there you go, summed up <laughs> by Ray. By Ray. He's like coming on to her, flirting mm. with her on her own. And she does stare at him like longingly as well. I think like, she liked the attention. Mm. Well, she needs to think back a few weeks ago when she was blackmailing Sharon and Keanu about their affair. Quite. She's about to do the same to Mel. This is it, you see. So it's uh, 
has she any right to get herself in such a relationship? Mm. And also there's a lot of theories banding about that Rain knows about Sharon and Keanu and he's doing it in order to get the club. Oh, yeah, because he knows everything about everyone somehow, doesn't he? Yes. So there we mm. go. So I think, again, there's a lot more to Ray. Everyone thinks that they know about Ray now because they know about the secret affair. Mm. But I think there's a heck of a lot more to learn about him. And especially now you're saying that New Year is a long way to go. Yes. It's a marathon, to... not a sprint. Uh, we've just got a few tweets um, about Mel and Ray. Right, we have John who says, Why the buggery would anyone, <laughs> <laughs> in this case, honey, ask if someone, Ray, got their ATM receipt? Just a poor attempt at a plot device that would never work in real life, which I fully agree with. It's true. I'm sorry, I just can't get over the grammar <laughs> of the word used. Why the buggery? <laughs> Kathy, not Kathy from EastEnders. Oh, it's a shame. It's nice if she would tweet I love us. Kathy. Do tweet us, Kathy, at EastEnders Week. She's not on Twitter, so she can't. Kathy might be. Gillian Tailfall. Yeah, but Kathy. Oh, the actual. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's real Kathy. <laughs> there's there's um, Patrick's on Twitter. Pauline Fowler. Pauline. Dot um, and Aunt Babe. Yeah. Aunt Babe's my favourite. We love Aunt Babe. She Shout stays in character babe. the whole time. So Sharon was behind a bar by the age of three. Stop putting her elsewhere, EastEnders. She needs to own that club and get rid of dodgy Mel or run the Vic as Linda's not coping. So yeah, Kathy wants Sharon behind a bar again, only doing some work. Only because then Kathy can get a job behind the bar with Sharon. <laughs> I guess so. You just and, got that, didn't you? That yeah. took a long time. And Katie <laughs> says, I cannot wait until Mel destroys Ray. So wait for New Year's, I would. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's a quite a fun story, actually. I do like the fun ones and this mm. is a fun story. I enjoy Mel looking into it. The magnifying <laughs> So do I. Really intensely. So do I. If only she looked at Ray in the same way. <laughs> so the other storyline which we're going to talk on to next is the about Baby Rose. Yes, the big story. This was basically the whole story of the of the week, really. It's kind of was throughout the week. While other stories kind of delved in and out throughout, this was it. This was the longer mm. one. It was like, yeah. It's kind of like Halloween, long, but like... Not Nothing happened. Going much. <laughs> yeah. Um, we basically have Bev is back, Haley's mum. So Haley's left the baby at the Ahmeds mm-hmm. on the firework night yep. <laughs> with a letter. No one um, noticed until the next morning. No. Or possibly four days. <laughs> We're not she survived quite sure. the cold night, so she's a she is a real tough slater girl. She's no, she saw her in the night because I thought the same thing too. Because it was you know, it, it, what if it rained mm. and or a firework went off? Yeah. Well fireworks were going off. Exactly. Bad parenting, Haley. <laughs> But she's a tough slate of baby, so she's fine. Um, Sounds like a song. <laughs> tough slate of baby. It's going to be a Christmas song, isn't it? <laughs> um, Performed by Jesse Wallace. What, tough slate of baby? Richard... <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, so yeah, she has gone to her mum's house and her mum's actually taken her in. So that's quite good for Bev. For Bev's track record, actually letting Haley stay. Yes, but we... Plus all... point. <laughs> True. Is it, uh, but... We know that Beverly doesn't do things without a reason. And uh, we mm. kind of know that throughout. Like, there's always little clues throughout yeah. the week that she's... She's always manipulating Haley. The mm. way she talks to Haley throughout the week, she's manipulating mm, she's her. She's quite to, clever at that. Yeah, to think a certain way. She keeps going on about, oh, you don't know. Do you not know how to feed a baby? You're not very good. You're not a natural mum. Everyone should know how to do it. Mm. It doesn't come naturally to everyone. No. Um, and she says the same, you know, when I was, when I had you, it didn't come naturally to no. me. But 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 it, it worked out. And then, but then in, in the same breath, she would then say, oh, but you know what? I actually, I did make a mistake. I shouldn't have had you. I should have given mm. you up. I should have had someone else look after you. So she kind of lifts Haley up then to deliberately punch her down. So when Haley thinks, oh, I can do it, mm. she deliberately then puts her back down mm. again to then 
and, and because she'd been lifted beforehand, the negativity feels twice as bad yeah. to Haley. So it's, it's like it's um, more hurting. Yeah, it's like when she's teaching her how to do the powdered milk, mm. and she goes, "Oh, test how hot it is." Yes, and then she goes, "Oh no, on the other side of your arm, silly." And then she does, and then she says, "Oh, that feels fine to me." And she takes it from her and does it on herself, and goes, "Oh no, that's too hot." Mm. And it's like, was it too hot, or were you just saying that just to make her doubt herself? Exactly, everything is a manipulation mm. by uh, Beverly. She is very good, Be- the um actress who plays Beverly. Bever- Beverly, apart <laughs> <laughs> from her name, no, yeah, because um, like she is horrible, but I do quite like how she like delivers her horrible lines. Mm. It reminds me of Aunt Babe, how she delivers like really horrible lines mm. sometimes. And also, I also also noticed that the makeup around her eyes, be it deliberate or not, always seems really smudged, <laughs> mm, like, like she, pandery. Yeah, which is yeah. um kind of She's nice little touch. Lager, isn't she? Well, that's it. They they were drinking from the morning to the evening, <laughs> and uh, they get a phone call from the hospital because Mariam and Ashad has been looking after the baby mm. on uh, Haley's behalf, but the baby has coughed up a little bit of blood. So they run to the hospital, let mm. Haley know. And Miriam's like, oh, no, that's fine. I'm a nurse. It's fine. And this well, always happens. Well, Marion was the making... doctor says the same thing as well. Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Marion was right, actually. Mm. But she All was making excuses. To be fair, she was making excuses yeah. just to try to see if Haley would come back. Because yeah, she wanted to just let Haley come and take her back and realise I've got your baby. But mm. um, Bev kept answering the phone and sort of putting her off, didn't she? Yeah, so it seemed as though... Bev's plan initially was to basically keep Haley out of the way of the baby, but then Bev encouraged Haley to have the baby. But she did it again. She did it in a very manipulative way. She stepped back and let others build Haley mm. up to let her think that she could look after the baby. So even Kat said, "I'm so proud of you, and I know you can do it. Mm. And we'll all look after you. You've got everyone to look up. You've got Mariam, you've got Ashad, you've got Masood, you've got all of the family. Family. I mean, yeah. you could choose play... us. Come with us. <laughs> if you were playing a drinking game for every time Kat said family, <laughs> you would have been on the floor paralytic by the end of the episode. Mm. Like said all the time. But yeah, it is a rule that every episode of EastEnders, it's an actual thing that has to have the word family in every episode in the script." You said this before, and I'm not so sure if that's true. I don't know if you're trying to manipulate Some me. Some trivia. Start calling you Bev. Some rare trivia that I'm giving you, and you're just skimming over I'm it. I'm not skimming over it. Every episode in the script has to have the word family in it. Okay, I believe you. We'll keep a tally from now on. Okay, <laughs> well, no, I will. I will. <laughs> where it doesn't say <laughs> um, we We can't skip also that it was Stacey's birthday. Well, they did, so we can. (laughs) Well, I just want to bring up a point just because um, loads of people on Twitter moaned that for Stacey on her birthday, she got slippers. Now, I might be old before my time, but there's nothing I like more of an evening than getting my dressing gown and popping on my slippers. And I don't think that's a problem. I think Stacey was... Last Christmas, Stacey was moaning that her life was boring and she was just a mum. And now she's getting slippers. So she's going to sleep with Max again to liven it up doubt it do you think max got her anything for her birthday probably not max is so self-consumed yeah self-consumed of his own life so much this week yes but i'm not going to talk about him yet (laughs) but um yeah we end up um finding out that beverly has like an ulterior motive for baby rose we do so beverly convinces Haley to go back with her with uh the baby the baby Mm. still hasn't got a name by this point but then this is again this is where beverly's manipulation starts happening when Mm. she does Haley. Cat uh, says to Haley, she has some power over you. Why aren't you? We're helping you. We're offering you help, and you want to go back with Beverly. And um, Beverly also does something really nasty, where she says, "Oh, be careful, Cat, or I might drop the baby." Yeah, it's really she, awful. She she threatens mm. to drop the, this 
two-day-old mm. child. Um, wow, she's evil, isn't she? She's proper evil. Um, evil cow. But also shows that she has no affection or love toward the child. No. So she's not ta- asking Haley to take the baby home for them to look after it. She's she's got it's an, an alter- alter- ulterior motive mm. for it. Yeah, it's just an item to her. You're mm. right. And she talks about Haley how she was going to name her Rose. Yes. But Haley was too grotty to be named Rose. Well, no, Haley was very loud as a <laughs> yeah. child. And I was trying to work out how is Haley like a synonym for like being loud or like shouting? I thought, hey, hail. Haley. Oh, yeah. Hail, so it's the sort of name you can Hayley. shout at someone, isn't it? Haley. Rose. <laughs> ah, Rose. Haley Rose is a nice name. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so is it going to be Rose Slater? Is that her name? Well,. I don't think that again. They've not named the baby. The baby still has been unnamed. Mm. Um, but but that's again. Is that purposeful? Because Dot will like it because it's her sister's name. Oh, is it? Oh, Dot would love it then. Dot will approve. Yeah, maybe that's where they're heading with this. She's gonna eventually, when the story kind of winds up, and Haley, because I'm presuming Haley's gonna end up with the child. Mm. She's gonna realise she's made a mistake. Yes. But yes, so Beverly wants to basically put potentially baby rose on the black market mm, to sell the baby what type of prices do babies go for i don't know should we ask aunt babe because <laughs> this is something she's done in the well past. she needs to make a guest appearance i think do you think this is where it's heading i hope so that they're, they're going to go to aunt babe in a caravan yeah in the middle of the field. business again she'll have a pen behind her ear she'll be like she'll lick her finger and go through her book like yeah i've got someone here yeah two hundred fifty thousand pounds up 20 percent commission from me <laughs> how much is a baby worth on the uh Market. Must be a lot because like a kidney is like fifty thousand. <laughs> it's hardly a kidney. That's what I mean. So it's going to be a lot. Mm. I'd say two hundred fifty. Do you? Mm. I reckon it's more. I'm going right up to about half a million, five hundred thousand. Mm. How much do? you... Well, we should find out. Poll how... of the week. <laughs> <laughs> how much is Baby Rose worth? <laughs> Priceless, like Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless, also like Mel. <laughs> two hundred fifty, five hundred thousand. Um. I don't know. I suppose we do a bit of research and find mm. out. How do you find out? It's very how dark much a baby... research. That would be so the dark I don't dark really web, want to it? put that on my computer. No, <laughs> I have to go to a public library and do it. <laughs> well, so the police can be outside <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how it sort of ended with Haley. Is that the fact that the mum has got it in her head? You know, we might as well make a bit of money from her. Let's try and do that. So yes, and it seems to be she, she wants to make a few quid out of her, and it seems to be mm. her plan all along. We're hoping for an Aunt Babe cameo. And that Badland. We'd She's like very busy doing lots of plays, but she can do a cameo. She is busy, but um, it's only a day's work, isn't it? It's like when Kathy came back for the day. And look what happened there. I know. I was so up for Kathy having a storyline this week. It didn't happen. Kathy did have a storyline. <laughs> <laughs> She's off to Barcelona, didn't she? Well, I have a theory no. about her storyline, so we'll talk about that in a minute. It wasn't Barcelona, was it? Sorry, it's no, Portugal. it was. And I have a theory. Oh, okay. But we're going to play a quick game first. Yes, And then we'll be we talking are. about Max, Cora and Kathy. So by rights, this week it should be Ben's game. But any keen listeners of the show uh, remember last week Ben decided to sabotage. No, trick or treat. Sabotage the format <laughs> and just uh, bulldozed his game in. Uh, well, he stole my game actually. He stole the Martin Fowler's Five a Day format, mm. and it was a triumph. It was. It was a triumph for you. <laughs> it was not so much for me. So as a as a bit of a turnaround, um, I'm now doing the game this week, but I'm going to play one of Ben's games. 
Ooh. So uh, we're playing Slater Family Values. Ben knows the rules of these because obviously he created the game, so he should be able to know. If he doesn't know the rules, then we're, in a, we're in a very difficult situation. Uh, but anyone who's not heard the show before or hasn't heard the game before, here are the rules. So I will give Ben two names and he must find a link between the two of them using just six steps. It's a bit like the six degrees of separation. Mm. And he only has 60 seconds in order to do this. Um, okay, so that's how the game works. So are you ready? Are you sat tight? Yes. Good. Okay, so I'm going to get the timer up and going. Here we go. So you have in 60 seconds, can you find a link between Callum Halfway Highway and Ruby Allen? Oh, no. And your time begins now. Right. Halfway is in a relationship with Whitney. That's correct. Whitney works in the pub with Mick. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so easy, is it, when you're on the other side? But it's fine. <laughs> um, Mick is, or was, used to go running with um, Vincent. <laughs> was it Vincent or was it Kush? Yeah, they used to go running together. Okay, I'll give you that. 30 seconds um, left. Vincent used to own the club um the albert the albert it wasn't a club it was a pub <laughs> <laughs> and yeah but what's that got to do with vincent's <laughs> connection so vincent too wait okay. and ruby's dad used to own a club <laughs> no that won't work it needs to be person so vincent how much time have i got five seconds okay i'm getting rid of vincent um mick Time is no, hard. You were never going to achieve Ruby it. Ruby Allen. <laughs> Why I know did you do. You but that's exactly the reason I chose her because I know you hate her so much. I'm sorry, but uh, sometimes Ruby Allen has no ties to Square because she's been missing for like 20 years. Well, let's... I was tr- you need to try and link it with her dad and E20, I guess. You could, or you could link it this way. Here is one solution. Obviously, there might be other solutions. If you guys have different solutions, do email us or tweet. So the solution I came up with was halfway is dating Whitney. Mm. Whitney had a brother, Ryan. Lovely Ryan. Ryan slept with Stacey Slater. Stacey Slater also has a brother, Sean. Sean had a short relationship with Ruby Allen. Fiery. There you go. So that's that's a connection. That's how it's played, Ben. That's how you play it. That's how you play it. Um, how do you guys get on at home? Like I say, do tweet us at EastEnders Week and let us know. And that was a very successful round of Slater Family Values. Lovely. That was unexpected. <laughs> it certainly was. So we have Baby Abby back yeah. for her 18th birthday because it's been so long. Since we've seen her, I know she's grown so much. I know she'll be out on her own soon. She's got a mother's hair, on her own two feet. <laughs> um, so yeah, the baby Abby adoption storyline is continuing again after quite a few weeks on hiatus. Yes, and obviously in the background, with us, none of us knowing uh, all the paperwork's going through. It's a long process. It's a very long process. Calvin has gone in touch and has said that the final date for the hearing is now upon them. Mm, they're like writing up a case yeah so they've done they've got their solicitors got all the case studies up together um and max has been rude and stressy max is being his normal self he's just angry rainy says to him look we've got a great case here we've got a good family we've got a good unit we've got good, good business. business yeah apparently yeah apparently and apparently we have a good case don't know how yep so yay we're gonna win then 
as soon as she says that, <laughs> who should come off the tube station and say the immortal words, still stinks? Cora <laughs> Cross is back. Cora Cross. Gotta love her little weak cameo for her, don't you, every now and then? Yeah, why not? She seems to be quite weak when she arrives. And as the week progresses, you learn that this looking after babies lark. Baby Abby. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a tricky situation for someone. Branding babies aren't easy to look after. They're not. If there are any of the kids to go by, they're going to be tricky. They're not like the Fowlers, who are nice and easy. Well, um, Hope was easy. Arthur seems to be easy. Martin, Martin was easy Martin when was he was easy. a baby, wasn't he? Vicky was easy. Vicky... Mm, yeah, no, apart from her being a bit greedy. Mm. She's a bit greedy. <laughs> but um, no, the um, branding babies are very difficult. So Cora's is being a bit stressed. And um, Max and Rainey see her turn up. And Max, like, presumes he, she's gone to save Patrick. So he goes to yell at Patrick about it. Yep. As and, usual. And Patrick, again, stands on his own two feet yeah. and says, Oi, you. <laughs> if I knew she was here, I'd tell you. But she's not. So go sling your own. Do you think they filmed all of Patrick's scenes in one day? Because he was just stood in the same place every scene. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the doorstep of his house. I suppose it makes scene. sense, doesn't it, if they filmed it on the same yeah. time? Roll him out and go home. Mm. Yeah. That's his month done. <laughs> oh, we need a bit more Patrick. I know. I mean, when Patrick's got something to do, he's actually all yeah, right. He's all right. Don't mind him at all. He's young at heart. Yeah. They need, as we said, we need more of the kind of, the not the elderly, but maybe a few, like four sitting in the corner of the pub, kind yeah. of talking about the, you know, almost giving you a recap of what's mm. going on. Him and Cora. Yeah. Hook up. And, and Ted. Mm, yeah <laughs> Ted's alright Ted's fine Although And we... Bernie She's Bernie's an not an elderly one She is So uh, Max spots Cora Walking into Ian's house mm. And finally Something that you and I, I Have like been discussing this. Yeah and we've been Discussing this for weeks mm. Why has Ian shown No interest into this child mm. Which is potentially He's the grandfather of Yeah so Cora has So she's Before even telling Ian What her plan is Max and Rainey interrupt Yes and this is where Basically Max has Messed it up for himself Because he's kind of Bulldozed in Just mm. started shouting at Ian mm. Giving him a few You know home truths I like the scene It was really good it was like things that have not been said that needed to be said. Yeah. And things that a lot of people debate hasn't happened and has. <laughs> For instance, you know, Ian bro- brings up the point that he, that Max had killed Stephen. Mm. Finally. They bring up loads of beef between them. Yeah. Because Max has interrupted Ian's like, oh, I am going to support your application actually. Mm. And then Rainey's like, oh, well, I wonder if they'll like to know about you sleeping with prostitutes. Yes. Like Rainey, that prostitute was you. <laughs> exactly. And Ian does say that. So do you really want to bring that up in court? <laughs> He also, um, Ian also brings up that Max had been sleeping with most of his family, but then Max mm. had then brought up that one of his family had killed or attempted or had killed his daughter and then attempted to kill his wife. Yes. And then Ian brings up that Max tried to kill his wife too. Yeah. And slept with Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I say yeah. slept with some of his family. But um, I I'm, mean, it was just a carousel. It of... was good. And he finally said, you kill, you murdered Stephen. But the, even though he said that, no one in the room was like, didn't react. I think they did oh, you're react. A murderer. Max reacted because Max has always Everyone's kind of... very blasé about him being a murderer. Though. Well, they are, a... That's the point, though. They've really always odd. been they've always been really blasé about it. But and yeah, uh, but yeah, I remember when you murdered someone. Yeah. But as soon as Ian, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. But um, Ian, as soon as Ian said, it, you could tell that this is something that Max had suppressed in the back of his mind because that's the one thing that Max cannot ever really mm. talk his way out of because he had it was a very immediate and def- definitive thing. He's murdered or killed someone. And he did also attempt to kill Jane. So. Mm. What a Pat say, eh? Pat's grandkid. No, oh, I don't know. She'd storm in there and slap him. She would. She'd, <laughs> I don't know. But then I suppose, you know, 
it makes sense for Ian to want to fight on Cora's on Cora's side because no matter what Max has really said, there's always going to be a a rift between him and Ian. Mm. It's never gonna it's never no. gonna be fixed. And Kathy enjoys having the baby over. She did until she obviously had to hop off on a plane. <laughs> This amazed me because she said it as if we should all know this was happening. I know. I'm off to Portugal. Bye. And it was like halfway through a shift. Yeah. She didn't have a bag yeah, so or anything. And no one was looking after the cafe at that point. The cafe was just left abandoned. Yeah, it's really odd because Cora's like talking to her saying she's struggling a bit. She's lost a dummy. Mm. She didn't stop crying. And Kathy's like, oh, I'm off to Portugal. Bye. Yeah, you know this. Bye. And she like, literally what? skipped out the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's so close to having a Kathy story or well, it was hardly a story was yeah, it so close she was just telling and now she's off to portugal so that's going to be like two weeks at least well what's she doing in portugal then well phil's in portugal isn't he <gasps> and he's going to be away for another two weeks mm. ex-husband oh it could be rekindling i mean sharon did do it to her yeah exactly why, why not do it back yeah. return the favor that'd be good wouldn't it mm. this whole time that sharon and keanu have been having this Affair on screen. Mm. Phil might have been having it away with Kathy. <laughs> Maybe that'd be good. That's the type of storyline we need. But again, I suppose it would make sense for it to happen because we never knew that Kathy was going to Portugal. It just oh, came out of the blue. So yeah. let, let this storyline that she's having an affair with Phil just come out of the blue. <laughs> oh, didn't I tell you I'm having an affair with Phil? <laughs> skippity skippity skip. Perfect um, misdirection because we're all concerned about Sharon. We're not even thinking about what Phil's up to. Oh, I'm not we? concerned for Sharon. Sharon knows exactly what she's up to. <laughs> she's loving every minute. Well, in my head. Kathy's off to spend some quality time with Phil having yes. a secret affair with a raunchy storyline that will continue all next year. <laughs> My goodness, you really planned this out. Um, and and we mustn't forget, though, that Cora did take her eye off the ball somewhat this week. She did. She needed a fag. She needed a cigarette. Um, and so she thought she put the brakes on the pram, but mm. hadn't. So baby Abby. Well, Robbie saved the day. <laughs> so that's fun. He did. It was nice to see Robbie do something good. Mm. Um, he stopped the way well, he stopped the pram, but it was just before he was going to get hit yeah. by the van anyway. So really the van driver was the hero mm. in this situation. So again, Robbie had his stripes mm. stripped away from him once and more. Cora obviously thought Martin saw, so she sort of had a word of him to not tell anyone. Yeah, poor old Martin. He's got another piece of information on his shoulders <laughs> that he has to keep a bit quiet to himself yeah, a lot going on for poor martin but she foolishly didn't ask robbie to be quiet because it's the first thing he said to max yes Ray. but max is robbie's uncle mm. so he's gonna he's family yeah but he fired robbie from the car place so robbie shouldn't be that grateful oh yeah he did didn't he even though robbie made a sale yeah <laughs> yeah but robbie's Don't go for forgotten <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember these things I Robbie's do. a bit slow though isn't he he doesn't really remember mm. so he's told Max about this and now Max wants to get this into the case report to get rid of Cora yeah so Max has lost his first solicitor because he went cheap and he blames Rainy for this because clearly it's Rainy's fault so Max so Rainy quite calmly says to him well just get another solicitor so he does um, a better solicitor mm. Rainy had a list of them on her phone <laughs> so I don't know I don't know quite what happened. This of her ex-clients, probably. <laughs> probably was. Um, in famous. a black book. Yeah. And so um, he gets a new uh, solicitor. He writes up a new statement and the solicitor submits the statement to the court papers. But Max is not very happy about this because he wants to add that Cora almost killed baby Abby. But the solicitor quite rightly says to him that this shouldn't be about a family bickering. This should be showing you the merits of why you are the better mm. guardian to look after baby Abby. Sadly, Max hasn't got any of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly Max hasn't. And also Max is so bullheaded mm. that he's just like, no, I'm going to get a court and I'm going to shout really loudly and that's going to get me the baby. <sighs> and the last thing he says um, is, I'm going to nail the old bag to the floor. <laughs> now, again... That's Rainey's mum he's talking that's about. Ra- 
Rainy really does look a bit like, oh, <laughs> a bit shocked. Yeah, well, it's a bit nasty thing to say. Mm. I mean, again, Max is showing that really he hasn't turned a leaf at all. He keeps telling him, and he said it to Ian this week, and he said it to he said it to a few people that you know he's turning a leaf. He's trying to start a new chapter in his life. Um, he's re- he's he's reverted, and he's you know much cleaner living than he used to be. So just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. He said it to Stacey. He said it to Martin. Mm. Just give me a chance. Just give no, me a I don't chance. Want to. Well, no, I don't want to because he just shows his true colours mm. every time. He's a hothead idiot he is a hot-headed idiot i really want cora and tanya to win this but i don't think they will yeah i mean i wouldn't have a problem with baby abby not because if baby abby what, what stories is know, baby abby gonna anything, have exactly it? so bring her back when she's 10. 18 oh wait whoa, recast 18. as lorna fitzgerald <laughs> <laughs> well this 30 35 year old lorna fitzgerald comes yeah, back with like a tight hair so her skin gets really tight on her face so melissa she... joan hart played a teenager for like 10 years she blooming did didn't she lorna fitzgerald can do it I believe in her. Okay. <laughs> we'll look out for Lorna in uh, about 15, oh, 18 years' time. Well, we'll do it 15, but we'll do that thing where soaps add a few years as well. That's a good idea. <laughs> That's a very good idea. <laughs> I mean, we can't uh, finish the show without quickly talking about Linda and Stuart um, mm. and how their relationship is, yeah, has changed the whole dynamics of the Queen Vic and the Carter family. Mm. The Queen is very empty. Not very many punters this week in there and um linda and Stuart are sort of meeting up and he's there because he says he's got um a therapist so he's been advised to go back and try and sort things out yeah which is a bunch of lies well it is a lie because at the beginning he's calling a friend to find out who's on the visiting list mm. for mick and he's obviously found out that linda has taken herself yes. off the list so when he knows they the rest of them are visiting Mm, Linda's there, up. and so he turns up, but he's all he acts all like, Oh, I didn't know you'd be here. I just wanted to come mm. in and have a drink. Ha ha ha. And Linda's like, Well, there's like hundreds of other pubs. <laughs> Could you not have gone to them? So, this I'm gonna say it straight away. Does this not lead to the fact that Linda is knowingly putting Stuart down the path of trying to get him to admit? I hope so. Yeah, of what but he it's had just done. all very over the top of she is. It's a bit Carmel-y. <laughs> I mean, it's been done now by, with Carmel. Yeah. So it's not, that, that's what yeah. I mean. There's no reason why it can't be done. Um, I so mean, the, her first like alarm bells is when um, he's talking about where he was shot. Yeah. And he says, oh, we had the f- I was there for a friendly chat to make up and the gun was in my face. And she's like, oh, but you got shot on your side. Yeah. And stuff like that. So um, I am hoping she is being clever here. Well, she, she pulls Stuart up on a few occasions, that one being the main one. But there's also a story that um, he tells her about when he went to his favourite football match or mm. something. And she said, oh, yeah. And, and Stuart says, oh, no, he never went to it. No, he, he was out with me. He was out with me. And it's just really, it's like Linda is knowingly trying to get him to catch, get, him, out. catch yeah. him out and get him to... She wants him to manipulate her. And so he's mm. knowingly doing and thinking it. thinking that he is doing it. Mm. When in fact, she knows what she's doing we hope hopefully i mean she um, hides Stuart when they all come back from visiting mick she she hides Stuart mm. so they don't know that he's at the house and Stuart's like behind the door smiling and really happy that he and she purposely says something like oh i have given up on Mick." she says something like that like knowing that Stuart's listening i hope you know you're absolutely right yeah Yeah, i just hope that she's not actually falling for him i hope this is a big plan of hers mm. but she's not telling anyone she's definitely not telling anyone mm. richie tells linda that she believes that mick is going to give a guilty plea just so he gets a reduced sentence and it, linda basically says well if he's doing that there won't be a case i don't need a solicitor you might as well leave mm. 
So then that kind of starts the wheels in motion of Linda kind of giving the indication that she wants nothing to do with Mick anymore. Mm. Um, really, really publicly. Like up until now, it's always been a little bit to the side, but now it's quite public mm. the way she's showing her And this detachment. is obviously setting Tina off. Well, of course it is because that's her brother. Yeah, which this is where her plan's really like dangerous. Like if she, if Linda does have a plan, she's not telling Tina. Surely she knows that Tina's going to do everything she can to try and work out what's yeah. happening. So wouldn't it be easier to say to Tina, I've got a plan, just go along? I mean, I agree with you, but Tina has such She's a like hot past. Head, she? Yeah. she has such a past of not being able to keep information to herself, keeping things secret. And you know what Tina will do. She'll just reveal mm. it. Because she gets so, as you say, she gets so hot-headed, she gets so angry. It's like this week when she threw the water jug at Stuart. <laughs> really, for... Him it's not really saying her. much. Well, yeah, he grabbed her. Yeah, but it it was mm. a very small thing. Yeah, but the last few times he's done that to her, she's had to retaliate and hit him back. True. In the, um, True. In the car lot and stuff, didn't she? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he Stuart also says that story about how Tina was always jealous of Linda, taking Mick away from her, and she never liked her. Yes, he, he said he knew he thought that Tina wanted to push Linda over the edge of Tower Bridge. Mm. I mean, that's such a like. It seems such an over the top thing to say, mm. doesn't it? But again, it, it he's trying to he's trying to be so extreme that it seems likely that that's something Tina mm. would say. But and... like Linda's throwing all like mixed stuff out, and then she learns the story about Tina, so she chucks her out. Yes, and it's like if this is like a plan, she's actually chucking mixed stuff out. Like, what's going to happen to his stuff? Well, I'm sure she's she just going to go through with it, or is it going to be in like a lockup somewhere? Well, Demo, uh, uh, Tina might. Well, Tina's going to take it with her, isn't she? She's not well, all of mixed stuff there. as well. Well, she has to, or else, well, or else Linda will have to put it in a lockup or mm, that's show. What I mean, unless show... it's not. That's why is it a plan of hers, or is she actually believing what Stuart's saying? No, she. Can't I don't be. want her to. I mean, the the carters are so tight, and they've always have been really tight, mm. and it just seems that like this is the best way to manipulate it. I mean. This story or this week's story with the Carters would uh, had only worked because Shirley wasn't there as well. Mm, they always do that with Shirley because yeah. they know that she would just sort it out. I mean, if she they was, always send her off. Yeah, she she mysteriously went again, and they didn't even give an explanation this time for why she was gone. So no. that was annoying. Yeah, um, they just said she's visiting. Like she said, like some they, woman's name, like never Sophie. Said anything, I don't think. I don't they think, did. They said uh, something like, "Oh, she's with Sophie." It was like that. It was that. It was literally it. I was like, "Who is this woman?" Yeah, it wasn't Sophie. I'm just using that as an example, but it's very odd. Maybe she's with Phil. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Phil's having Phil's having a threesome. That's another ex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? All of Phil's exes are all off. Are all off the show. On mysterious week. holidays. <laughs> conspiracy oh my goodness so yeah so as far as we're concerned linda this is a game there's a few people on twitter as well I've, do you mind if i just read a tweet of course yeah there's um a guy at mr underscore sj patterson who wrote i think the events of the latest episode are the reasons why linda is keeping it a secret she needed to prove her unadulterated loyalty to stewart which she couldn't have done if tina stewart or halfway knew so there we go so mm. that's exactly it so if they all knew this was happening then there's no way that the plan could have gone through. Because no. I mean, obviously wanted... her end goal, she wants him to admit who shot him or if he shot himself. Well, he, we know he shot himself. He just needs to admit but it. Do we? <laughs> no, we do. Do he... we really, though? He was he telling the truth, though? Well, to Mick? Yeah. yeah of course he was. Was he, he was though? Trying to... oh, shush. It was Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to... Oh, I did like when Linda um, lost her rag with Whitney this week as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that was good. I do like Linda when she's a bit feisty, actually. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Feisty Linda. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was again. It was a 
quite a few things happened, but it was basically ultimately that you're seeing the manipulation of Two Linda. Sides. Also, we believe double manipulation. Double manipulation. Who's the one manipulating who? Mm. But we also discovered that Mick's court case is until March. So mm. if it goes that far, that's what we. Oh, said. that's true. That's true. I mean, if it does go that far, then we've got another five months of this. <laughs> this is a real no, long one, but, but it coincides quite nicely with the start of. I know we always bring her. It's, it's almost like Abby's name. We can't bring up an episode now without <laughs> saying Kate Oates. I know you don't want to hype her too much. No, but well, you know, we, we should be excited. It's a big, big draw, mm. isn't it? Very exciting. So yeah, that, so that was the week that was Ooh. the fifth to the ninth of November. About a thousand storylines. Yeah, then. that's what the, I hope you guys appreciate that we had to do it. Flash through those Roadrunner style, um, but hopefully we got the the main gist of information. Mm. But if there's anything we missed, do get in touch, and we can always chat to you over Twitter. Um, if you guys wanted to. Talking of Twitter, do you know that we have a poll of the week on Twitter then? Mm, I have heard. Have you? Through the rumour mill? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, posted every Monday when EastEnders is broadcast in the UK. Um, and we always uh, get the results at the end of each week and read them out on the show. And we also appreciate any comments that people make on the tweet as well. Anyway, this week we asked, uh, we said, the amazing Kamel Kamizi left the show tonight and will be missed. What was your favourite story during Carmel's time on the square? And the options were discover Kush was Arthur's dad, humiliated by Max having an affair mm, during the fee. yeah during the Wilmot Brown storyline, Shaquille's death, the most current one as well, or upsets the market traders by setting out some new rules and then telling them that the market was going to be merged and closed <laughs> down. Uh, oh, yes, I remember that. They were, they were the heady days. So um, can you guess which one was the most popular one? Must be the Shaquille one. It was. Shaquille's death was the most popular storyline, 59%, followed by the humiliation by Max, mm, that was good. 24%. The market traded at 10%, and it being discovered that Kush is Arthur's dad at 7%. Mm. That was Kamel's w- weakest writing when she was like calling the social workers and being really she, judgy and Yeah, horrible. she became a really, she came mm, a different character. For that year. Yeah. That, that was year when... we won't really talk about. <laughs> yes, the, ex- the year. The year that happened. Yes, ruined her for that few months <laughs> um we got one comment from at nuala 23 nuala um hope i pronounced that okay but um <laughs> she just says none i'm glad she's going oh no i know i disagree she's a great addition and i think it's a shame she's left because she's one of the best actresses they had on the show no i agree i really enjoyed it. and it's just again a surprise good one when they announced it was going to be bonnie langford I had my reservations, but mm, worked, I didn't. worked out Well, I didn't really nicely. know much about her, but no, I really enjoyed Bonnie Langford. And I hope she'll be like, she left on good, t- good terms. So if she needs to turn up for weddings or mm. funerals, maybe she can do some cameos. I, d- I don't think she'll come in for the odd ones, but I do think she'll be back. I think give it four or five years. Is this a shame that she's going, really? I think that she had a lot more to give. Mm. But then it's good to go when you've got a lot more to mm. give rather than kind of dribble exactly. out at the end. Um, as Look always, at Robbie. <laughs> Oh, poor Robbie. He's got loads to give. Look at Angie. Three years. Everyone loves her. Mm. Done. She never came back. Exactly. And she was asked. Mm. But she never came back. So, yeah. Find us on Twitter, at EastEnders Week. You can find us on Instagram, at EastEnders Weekly Podcast. We're on Facebook if you just search EastEnders Weekly Podcast. We've got a group and a page. Or you can email us, EastEndersWeekly at gmail.com. And as always, we love getting your comments and we love sharing your views on Twitter. And you can find us when we do live tweets during EastEnders when it's broadcast in the UK. Mm, that's great. Um, would you mind just popping out? I just got a private phone call. Of course. Okay. Um, see you later. Bye. Hi.
Yeah. Would you be able to make a glass cut of the quadruple platinum diamond for me? Thanks. 